You're listening from the Wallflowers. I'm your host, Jasmine. While we record this podcast, spring is in the air. The lovely singing birds, blooming flowers in the pavements, and what makes us feel connected is the sense of rebirth that spring gives us. To uni students in Hong Kong, meanwhile, spring also equals to finals, which are just around the corner. Finding your spot in library is like playing the musical chairs. What's your way of de-stressing? When I feel that I'm cracking under pressure, I would resort to treat myself a good snack because I love food. Maybe a bar of chocolate, a cup of mocha, or even a tiny biscuit. This is not my sound of biting a biscuit in the library for sure, but rather it belongs to the nine-year-old golden retriever who came to visit in a student-initiative project at the University of Hong Kong, Heart to Heart Carnival, as we talked previously. And that's his name. Bertie got me his name card, telling me that he loves making friends with humans, and by the way, he's also a food lover, and he drools a lot. On these podcasts, Regina Ng, the parent of 40, and also a volunteer from the Hong Kong Institute of Animal Assisted Intervention, tells us more about animal assisted therapy. Animal assisted therapy is still quite new in Hong Kong. I think it's been around five to seven years. We've got more and more clients from referrals. We visit a lot of places, elderly centers, day centers for the handicap, and we serve students with special educational needs too. So, are you a volunteer or a long-term staff member from the association? I'm a volunteer. Indeed, every one of us in this association is volunteer, and most of us are still working. Our services are free. We hope we can help the people in need as much as we can. Wow, that's that's really incredible. <laughs> yeah, we believe that helping others can help ourselves as well. I feel very satisfied when people look happier after chatting with us and playing with the dog. Meanwhile, we also stresses animal rights and the sort of therapy. It's humane for us to wake up the dog when it's feeling tired, so we'll switch the activity from playing games to petting. Animal-assisted therapists have knowledge about animal behavior. We need to be aware of the dog's emotions, say whether it's tired or nervous. If so, we'll let the doggies rest for five to ten minutes, or maybe walk them outside. But if these all don't work, we'll end the therapy early. Then why do you suddenly, or may not be suddenly, to have this thought of joining the association as a as an animal assisted therapist? <laughs> so actually, it's really out of the blue. <laughs> like a few years ago, when Forty was at four, I saw a random Facebook post from the association, and it was recruiting new members. I thought. Um, let's give it a shot. Moreover, I used to study counseling, and professionally, counselor is my job. I was very interested into this concept, so I decided to do the exam. Forty was really naughty when he's small. Unexpectedly, he passed the test. I couldn't believe that. <laughs> to be frank, Forty loves people. 
Afterwards, he begins his life as a therapy dog. I fall in love with his job as well, so I applied for a few relevant courses for more understanding. He remind me that、um, I personally have some emotional problems,、mm-hmm. and then whenever I have mood swings, I would like have a strong desire to see cats. I just can't explain why I have such an obsession. Then, since you're an animal assisted therapist, can you tell us about the mechanism of this therapy? Yeah. So the fundamental principle is the human animal interaction. Like animals and humans belong to the same natural world. For example, some people find hiking very relaxing because they connect to the nature. We feel that because we're part of nature, we're inborn with that sense. This is also supported by scientific research. Scientists have discovered that your blood pressure and heartbeat both decrease after having 30-minute time with the dog. What they mean is that you're in a relaxing mode. This theory can also apply to our serotonin and hormone secretion. So that is why you have some positive emotional changes after you interact with animals like dogs. You become more peaceful and even have a longer concentration span and motivation at work. That's why, together with counseling services and interventive measures, the integration with the natural element is effective in animal-assisted therapy. I see. My granny is really afraid of dogs. Like when when we were on the streets, he she would like walk on the opposite side from the dog. So in this case, like, can they still benefit from the therapy? Um, we need to know that this kind of therapy is not a universal treatment to mental health disorders. Unfortunately, for those who are very scared of dogs, like your granny, this therapy may not help them. But there are also occasions when these people are nervous and curious at the same time. We'll tell them to sit a bit further away. They can observe others' interactions with the therapy dog, and later we can perhaps invite them to join together. No worries, we never force them. I remember one time. When I did a visit at a community center, I brought Forty to get closer to this typical group, and at the end, they patted his head and even his butt. Before we departed, some of them even welcomed Forty to revisit again. <laughs> My understanding would be like not every dog can be qualified to be a therapy dog. Does Hong Kong actually have this stream of training or licensing? So basically, different organization has different exams, but they all share with similar standards. Like for example, for us, we follow the guidelines from the U.S. Pet Partners. Therapy dogs in America have to pass that test too. I often receive questions asking whether owners can train their buddies as therapy dogs on their own. Theoretically, yes. But it's useful for them to go through the assessment in order to keep their temper. Pet planner's good card. Can you illustrate some of the examples of what kind of training do these dogs have experience? This falls back into basic instructions. Like if you ask them to stay, they will do so. Others like sit and hand count too. You don't need to train them to be in a circus, like jumping through a fire ring. We also observe their behavior. Say, if the chair falls, would it hide under the table? If so, they may fail the test. 
Imagine that you were at a nursery home. If an old man dropped a walking stick, the sound of bang might cause the dog to bark, and this might frighten the people there. In order to pass the exam, we provide different real-life scenarios to train the dog's reactions. We're not saying that we get rid of the fear in them. What matters is their responses after the accident. Other situation, like we intentionally bring the dog closer to the handicapped to see if it's fine with people. In our association, we have animal ambassadors. For example, if the dogs are afraid of lightning, they won't work on these days. We respect them as a human. If you have been affected by anything we talked about, please call the Samaritans at twenty eight ninety six four zeros. That's a Hong Kong number. And you can also go to their website at samaritans.org, or just talk to your friends, family, or doctors. Trust me, they're always there for you. From the Wallflowers is a weekly podcast about Hong Kong-based mental health stories, produced by myself, Jasmine Lung, and credits to Regina Ng, as well as Forty. Thanks for having us in your life. Big thanks to Charlotte Chan for her voiceover. See ya.